0: When I got up this morning, I was thinking about uh, what I should talk on because you should also be, you know, should be prepared, so uh, I wanted to get right to it this morning. Um, But, uh, you know, one thing, you know, I've, you know, I've been a Christian since 1980 and in that time I've I've taught a Bible study in our home for probably 10 years, and um, one thing, if there's, if I had to say, is there one thing that I've learned in all that time It's that there's nothing that is more important to God than the personal relationship that you have with Him individually. I mean, God, you know, God's a corporate God. He has to watch over six billion people, but He's looking at you, and He cares about you. You're not just the number. Uh, He loves you, and He cares about you. And uh, so uh, I'm going to start off, I just want to read a couple of, of verses of encouragement, and that... Uh, is not the main text, but I would want to... Uh, we, we need encouragement. I know, I know I do. So I just want to read a few verses uh, that are encouraging. Uh, in Hebrews uh, 13, 5 and 6, uh, for instance, it says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And this is actually a quote from Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. And it basically is just reminding us that, uh, that God is on our side, and the world sometimes is overwhelming, and we feel like we're drowning, but God is on our side. Uh, another verse is Psalm 118, 4-7. It says, Let those who fear the Lord say, His love endures forever. In my anguish I cried to the Lord, and He answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me, He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies." Uh, Also, there's a verse in Jeremiah, remember when uh, the Israelites uh, were held captive in in Babylon and the despair that they must have felt that uh, God was abandoning them. But a verse in Jeremiah 29 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find you. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. Uh, God is there. Uh, He doesn't force himself on us, but he is there when we call out to him and we pray and we seek his face. And also one of my favorite uh, verses is in 2 Chronicles 16, 9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Uh, So those are just a few uh, verses, and also there's uh, another one I'm going to actually have you turn to so we can read it together. If you turn to uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, and there is really uh, so much in God's Word, especially in the Psalms, words of encouragement. Uh, from God that helped to lift us out of those potholes of life when we feel as though, uh, as I said, we're drowning and there's no escape, there's no hope, and we become uh, desperate. Uh, But God is there and He has a plan and a purpose for us, and it is being fulfilled. And uh, this is a promise uh, in Thessalonians. Uh, Paul was kind of the head shepherd of many of the churches in Asia Minor. And he would visit as many as he could, of course, but when he couldn't, he would write letters uh, and answer questions and send them encouragement. The Thessalonians knew Jesus and they were serving him. uh, And uh, they were getting concerned because as time had passed, God had told them that the kingdom of God was, was at hand and they were thinking, when you say at hand, we mean, do you mean right now? And, and that's what they believed. And as time passed, many of their family and friends, due to age or sickness, had passed on, and they were very concerned about their loved ones. What, what happens to our loved ones? We're waiting for God to establish His kingdom, and now they've passed on. What happens to them? And so they were very concerned, and, and Paul wrote back a, a letter, in answer to their question, a, a, an answer of encouragement not only to those who are alive, but to those who have passed on. And in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, uh, Paul starts out by saying, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will we, so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Now, <clears throat> so this was an encouragement to them, and, and, and when God gives a promise, we know that it's true. Uh, a lot of times we try to encourage one another, as the Bible indicates that we should, Uh, But there isn't always a lot that we can do to help someone when they're uh, in desperate times. But we can pray for them. We can encourage them. But when God gives a promise and God encourages, we know that he has all power, uh, whether to fix the problem, to heal us, or whether to give us the strength to go through it. So this was an encouragement to the Thessalonians as saying, uh, saying to them, have peace in your hearts. God has not forgotten your loved ones who have passed on. Uh, not only has He not forgotten them, but when God calls us uh, to be with Him, if, if we should be alive when Jesus returns, that they will actually precede us. And He is a uh, place uh, in, their, in His kingdom for them. And also uh, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 9, it says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. So he is acknowledging that the church in Thessalonica, uh, they are encouraging one another. And he always says, do so even more. Uh, so those are just a few words of encouragement. Uh, and as I said, I, I think we all need encouragement. And I, I, know, I know that I do. And what better place than the Word of God to get encouragement? Um, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it talks about how the Word of God is, is God-breathed. God didn't put anything in this book uh, just for folly. It is all true. It is all real. Uh, They're either about events that have happened or the promises yet to be fulfilled in the establishing of His kingdom. Uh, but there's a fact and a reality of life And that is that we live in two different worlds. And uh, I think there's even a song about people living in two different worlds. Uh, B.C., before Christ, uh, we lived in the world. We belonged to the world. Uh, The world uh, guided our thoughts and our actions. We were part of it. We joined in. And we felt like we belonged. Uh, Now W.C., with Christ... Uh, Christ lives in our hearts. Now, our eyes have been opened, and we see the world for what it is. When you see the things happening uh, on the news, the things, uh, murder and and corruption and violence and and, and all sorts of uh, evil things uh, done to children and and, and sexual immorality, and, and it's a dirty world, and we want no part of it. Uh, But the reality is when I wake up in the morning and I look out the window, it's still there. Uh, Now, uh, according to God, uh, he tells us in Ephesians that uh, we have a victory that was attained at the cross and that we have been given a spiritual uh, victory. We live in the heavenlies. It is a legal uh, matter that has been settled at the cross. We belong in heaven Our future is in heaven, our home is in heaven, and uh, we are heirs uh, to the kingdom of God. Uh, But as I said, uh, we still live in a world uh, that is filled with conflict, and we have to go out uh, every day into the world, or it's the home, or school, or or work, or whatever it is that you do. You have to go out into the world. And so uh, the Bible uh, gives us instructions and helps, and strengths, and guidance, and directions Uh, to help us make uh, good choices. Uh, But we're on a journey, uh, a journey of life that started at the cross when we came to Jesus and confessed our sin. And there He freed us uh, from our uh, residence of the world. Uh, But we have a destination. We're on a journey. Starting point is the cross. We have a destination, uh, a new heaven uh, and a new earth. Uh, Revelation, uh, you, you can... Yeah, why don't you turn there quickly. It would just, I, didn't, I wasn't going to turn there, but uh, Revelation uh, chapter 21 is uh, uh, a very encouraging uh, uh, verse in the Bible because it, it talks about the end of things. And, uh, you know, whether you watch a TV program or a movie or you're reading a book, uh, it starts out and there's an ending, and sometimes you're wondering what the ending will be. Well, God has told us uh, what the ending uh, is going to be. and will be their God. And it goes on to, uh, to say other things there, but that is our hope. We live in this world, but we have a destination, and that's heaven. And uh, as I said, whether we're alive uh, when Jesus returns or whether we have passed on, as so many before us, before us uh, have, uh, we will all be in the same place, no matter where we are. When that time comes, we'll end up, and we'll be with Jesus. Uh, one of the things that amazes me as I observe people in the world, and that is that uh, so many people live out their lives without ever considering uh, what comes next. Uh, I guess it's kind of like the big uh, gambling casino. You just hope that no matter what happens uh, that somehow you're going to win. Uh, but it's, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, people reject God, and especially it seems lately like this country that was once founded on the principles of God. We've now ejected God from our country. We've kicked him out of our schools. We can't pray anymore. We can't read the Ten Commandments. And we wonder what's happening in the world. What what happened to this country, wondering. uh, And it's very clear that uh, we've told God to mind his own business, that we don't need him. And he has answered our prayer, and he's let this country uh, do what it wants in its own sight. but as Christians, uh, are we doing the same thing? Do we believe in Jesus and, and think, well, now we're on, uh, we're on the train to heaven, to glory, and we just ride it out, and whatever happens uh, is good, you know, because we'll end up with God, we're forgiven, we're uh, not appointed to wrath, as it says in Thessalonians. Um, if we make a trip, I'm sure many of you have made a trip. Some have come from Alaska, some from Cranston. <laughs> You make trips, sometimes day trips, weekend trips, week trips, month trips. It takes planning. You have to think, well, where do I want to go? Can I get the time off? Can I afford it? How will I get there? Train, bus, car? You know, what should I bring? What should I pack? What will I do when I get there? You know, a lot of plans that we make to go on on, on earthly trips, uh, but are are we making plans to meet Jesus? And uh, I think it takes... uh, You know, just as much effort as it takes uh, to plan an earthly trip, uh, we should be putting uh, an equal effort into meeting uh, with Jesus. You know, we have GPS uh, guidance systems you can set uh, in your car now. It tells you to take a left, take a right. Uh, But I think we need to set our GPS systems on God so we're making the right turns uh, so that we end up uh, being in a good place uh, when we're with Jesus. Uh, Turn to uh, Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to look at uh, just a few verses. Uh, Colossians is just uh, filled with verses that uh, deal with uh, some of the struggles of the flesh that we face, and even though uh, we've become Christians and we're forgiven and uh, we're new creatures in Christ, uh, very often uh, we confront uh, those very issues that we've tried to, uh, to put in our past. Uh, but here Paul, uh, in writing to these Christians, uh, starts out in uh, chapter 3 by saying, Since then, and since, of course, refers back to what he has uh, previously written, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, that is a deliberate act. It says, Set your your heart on things above. God is is calling us here through the inspiration of Paul uh, to make this deliberate act of determining uh, what our destination is. Paul talks about running the race, keeping your eyes on the prize. Set your hearts on things above. And if you remember uh, that Christ is seated uh, at the right hand of the Father, interceding uh, for us. And I always think, when I think about Jesus sitting on the throne, I always think of the picture of Stephen, the first martyr, uh, who, when was being stoned, uh, looked up, and he saw Jesus standing. It says Jesus standing. Uh, to me, that just indicates how much Jesus loved Stephen, how much he cared for him, that he was going to welcome him home. And now you might say, well, then why didn't he protect him from the stones? wasn't part of God's plan. Part of God's plan was bringing the truth and the gospel to human beings, and they rejected his word. Uh, But Stephen was faithful, uh, not wishing that God would judge these people. But Jesus was standing. Uh, Jesus cares for us, and uh, he's looking down on us, seated at the right hand of the Father, uh, interceding for us. Um, So Paul tells us that we have died to the world, as it says Uh, In uh, Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the flesh, or the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So when we live in the world, we have to live a life of faith, and we do that uh, because we've been crucified with Christ. When Christ died uh, to sin, uh, forced uh, the, the sealing of our sin and forgiveness, we also died uh, with Christ. Uh, but still, as I said, we live in the world, and the world, uh, we're like little fish, and there's these little fishing lures with bait that come down, and it's trying to snag us. Uh, the world wants us back. You know? it, it's calling out to us. It sets these traps and these lures and these, these beautiful things that we think will make life better. And whenever we attain them, we find out that they bring no satisfaction because without God, uh, all these things of the world are meaningless. And that doesn't mean that we can't have things, uh, but with God, uh, everything is more, uh, more important. It has meaning. Uh, so we are crucified uh, with Christ, uh, an encouragement from God, but it's something that daily uh, we have to remember and, and act upon. Uh, So, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And again, our minds, have you ever tried to not think of anything? It's impossible. Our minds are constantly racing. I mean, I think about everything ten times over, and, and even when you're sleeping at night, you just mind, it just never stops. But if you start if you start to think about uh, things that are going to take you away from Christ, things of the world, uh, you take a little step towards that thought and you say, well, that's, that worked that time. And, and, and you find out that if you take little baby steps that you can tiptoe and you can sneak away from God and you won't even notice. And you can go off that path and you can have all sorts of fun and then sooner or later you realize that along with that fun uh, has come... Uh, Something that required of you, which is asking God for forgiveness, because you have said to God, I can go out on my own. I'm all set. You stay here. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I'm just going to test the world. Have a little fun. I'll be right back. And that's what happens with our minds when we aren't focused in on God. So God says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, verse 3, for you died in your life is now hidden with Christ in God. As, again, as Paul said in, in Galatians, we have died to Christ. So that we have to remember that the old man is, is dead and we can't let him uh, be resurrected. Uh, quite often we give him permission to do so, but we, ne- we need to remember and ask God uh, to help us uh, to keep the old man uh, hidden. Uh, we're hidden with God. Um, <clears throat> when Christ... Who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now again, uh, this is a hope that we have, uh, which I just read about in Revelation and uh, in those verses in Thessalonians, which, which help us with our with our destination plans. Uh, but we have a uh, uh, we have a final chapter to our lives. We don't know the, the chapters in between haven't been written yet, but we have a final chapter and that is that we will be in glory with God. That is a promise that He has given to us. Again, in verse uh, 5, repeating uh, this put-to-death theme, put to death, theme, uh, put to death uh, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And uh, I'm just going to read uh, a verse uh, in uh, Hebrews. You don't have to turn in there. I'm just going to read a verse uh, in Hebrews chapter 3. Uh, verse 12, it says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if we hold firmly to the end, the confidence we had at first. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. And the hardening of the hearts, uh, we know, is uh, a problem that sin causes. As I said, we can step over and taste of sin. And at first we may feel guilt, guilt that the Holy Spirit uh, reminds us of. uh, But eventually, when we get deeper into it, eventually we lose the ability to hear the Spirit speaking to us, and we feel very comfortable uh, indulging in those things of the world. And, uh, you know, God is saying, you know, for us, don't harden your heart against God, uh, which the Israel- Israeli people uh, did so often. They refused to listen uh, to the warnings of God as he sent prophets to warn them. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Now, we know in Revelation that there is a time of judgment uh, coming upon uh, this earth. And uh, we don't know exactly how the turn of events will happen. The Bible gives us an indication what will happen, but we're not sure exactly uh, but we can look at God in the promises that he's given to us. And if you remember back in, uh, in Thessalonians, it said God did not appoint us uh, to wrath. And also another verse, uh, if you look at the book of Revelation in chapter 3, uh, of course the first few uh, chapters uh, are about the letters to the church. God is dealing with the church and how the church has been serving him or failing. And, and typically, according to Bible scholars, a church of Philadelphia relates to the born-again Christian church that is alive uh, today. But in, verse, uh, in chapter 3, uh, it's, uh, verse 10, it says, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on earth. We know that uh, God is a God of love and justice and peace. We know from God's Word that He is not willing that any should perish. He wants all to come to repentance. Uh, Christ died on the cross for everyone. Christ died for those that were nailing the nails into His hands and feet. And that is His will, that everyone would be saved. But God has given to us the choice, the freedom of choice and free will. Uh, Do we choose Christ or do we choose the world? And unfortunately, many have chosen the world because God says how wide the path is to destruction so, God is a God of peace and love and mercy, but if you read the book of Je- uh, Revelation, God is a God of justice and righteousness. And sin must be judged, and God will judge sin. But God has given us a promise, whether we live in this world in the time of judgment or will we pass on before, that God has not appointed us to wrath. And there's a difference between the turmoil that is going on in the world, the wars and, and, and oil spills. Uh, these are distressful things, but there's a difference between the wrath of God. This world has never seen anything like it, never will it again, and we will be spared from the wrath of God. So that is a hope that we have, uh, that we can trust God. Uh, Now, some of these things it talks about, uh, they can come, they're talking about here in the most severest words, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, Uh, but those can branch off into subheadings where they're a little less... Uh, where they don't seem so bold, you know. But the thing is, you know, God talks about the fruits of the Spirit. God says, think on good things. And he gives us suggestions what to think about. Your mind is active. It thinks about a lot of things. If you feel like it's going off track, and I, I, I encounter that, I find my, my, my mind drifting. And I have to ask God, help me get, let me forget about that. Let me get back on track and, and think about God. Call out to God. Ask for his help. And he is there to help you. Uh, we continue on here. Um, in verse 7, it says, You used to walk in these ways in your life you once lived. So when we lived in the world, we gave no thought to our actions. I mean, we, you know some of us may be good people, uh, didn't you know, kill, rob, murder. Uh, but the fact of the matter is there is so much in the world that is not good besides the wicked evil things there's so much because it takes us away from God it dishonors God it makes us think about other things and worship other things Uh, so we used to walk in these ways in the in the lives we once lived but verse 8 but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these anger rage malice slander and filthy language from your lips Uh, Here again, these are part of of human nature. I don't think any of you parents don't have a course in training your children how to be sinful, how to lie, how to steal, how to cheat. I remember when I was a little kid, I did all those things. They came quite naturally. I learned them all by myself, and I was very good at it. Uh, Didn't have to be taught that. So that is part of human nature. That's who we are. God understands that, but he he gives us hope. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us his word, pray. These things help us. Words of encouragement from God. So we used to do these things, rid yourselves of them. Verse 9, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Lying is just so easy. Uh, Telling the truth, uh, boy, that's hard sometimes because usually when you don't want to tell the truth, it's because the truth is hard for you to face. Perhaps you've done something wrong. Perhaps you've done something to someone or perhaps you've been, you know, uh, in, in a gray area, and and the truth confronts you, and, and and we just take the we just take the truth, and we just kind of rearrange it and twist it and rearrange the words, and it becomes convenient. Uh, but the the truth is, uh, lying, one of the Ten Commandments, is 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 a very pervasive evil against God, because Satan is the author of lies. So we don't want to do anything uh, that Satan is uh, compared with. Uh, verse uh, 10, and have put on new self. We have to put on the new self. Remember, we are new uh, creation. We are new creatures in Christ. We need to put on the new self. And just like uh, the armor of justice, the helmet of salvation, you know, those are protections from, uh, you know, from evil uh, darts and from, and from the things of this world. It says put on the new self. That's a deliberate act also. When you get up in the morning, you have to put on your clothes. Well, When you get up in the morning, put on your new self because quite often we may leave the new self at home and, and take the old self out, out to, to work or school. Put on the new self, a deliberate act uh, which we need to do uh, daily. Uh, Verse, verse 11 says, Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and isn't all. And here, uh, the point of this verse is that uh, when you come to Christ, uh, we become uh, one family. Uh, there are many different churches uh, in this state, in this country, in this world. We're all family. Those who truly believe in Jesus Christ and have been set uh, free at the cross. We're all family, and, and God is calling us to act like family. But perhaps we should remember that just as conflict in your, in your earthly family can be, be resolved, so also in Christ's family. We need to resolve conflict. We need to uh, remember we're of one faith, of, of one family. Unity. Unity is, is God's uh, key word there. Uh, moving right along here, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, God's chosen people. Well, I thought the Israelites were God's chosen people. Well, they were. If you look back in the Old Testament, Israelites were God's chosen people. Well, what happened? They hardened their hearts against God. Just the verse we read previously. Don't harden your heart against God. They hardened their hearts. They refused. God sent the prophets to warn them that they were in danger. And you know what they said? We don't care. And they hardened their hearts. And eventually... Uh, When The final uh, act came when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem as the true Messiah, and they rejected him. And what happened? They were cut off. From that point on, the mantle went to the Gentiles, and we were blessed with all the blessings and all the promises that were meant for the Israelites have been given to us, a tremendous honor and a tremendous privilege. And God even says that this act may provoke them God is hoping to provoke them to righteousness. Now, fear not, because God will go back and reestablish the nation of Israel. The the believing remnant that has always existed through history and time will be reunited with God during the millennial reign of Christ, and they will be given uh, their part in history. But they will never get back what they lost. We have become the bride of Christ, and we will be seated with Christ. So do not harden your hearts. We are the chosen people, holy, dearly loved. Again, it says, clothe yourselves, I'll deliver that, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility. These are just some of my gifts, but humility, I can't, because I'm so humble, I can't talk about it, but these are some of my gifts. Gentleness, patience, humility, probably not. I'm guessing not. But God is reminding us that we can have these gifts. But they don't come easy. Study God's word. Pray. Ask for them. Ask for them. Gentleness, patience. I don't know. How do you do that? Thirteen, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord uh, forgave you. Uh, If there's one act that we need to learn how to do, we need to forgive. It's in the Lord's prayer. Forgive us our trespasses, and let us forgive others. The one act that Jesus gave to the cross, he's forgiven us. Our sin is distant from God. See, if somebody does something to us, we can forgive and we forget, but well, we don't really forget. We still remember. That's hard to do, but God says, it's gone. I don't remember. Uh, Forgive. Uh, That is uh, what God has asked us to do. Verse 14, and Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together. And as I said, many people think that God is just the God of love, and they say that not to honor God, but to uh, compensate them for their sin because they're saying, well, I can sin as much as I want because God's God of love. So I'll be okay because when I stand before him, he'll say, I love you. Well, that's only true if you're standing there and Jesus is next to your side and Jesus says, This person has believed in me and trusted in the cross. My blood has covered their sin. Uh, So in that case, God is a God of love, but God is a God of judgment, and he will judge sin. But here, Paul is saying, above all these virtues, put on love. And again, you know, a mother may love their child, a father may love their child, we love our family. There's a kind of a natural instinct that comes uh, from our humanness where we love things. We love love a lot of things, uh, but I think there is a love, an agape love, uh, that comes, I think, only from God. If you want that love, I believe you can get it if you ask God for it. You can say to God, God, I don't have it. I don't have love. I need it. Pray. Ask God. And he will give it to you as a gift, I believe. Bear with each other. Forgive each another. Put on love. Do you remember Peter? How many think that Peter didn't love God? Did Jesus think Peter didn't love him? Of course not. Well, then why did he ask him three times, do you love me? Well, there's all different ways of analyzing that scripture. He asked him three times if he loved him. Later on, we find that three times Peter denied Jesus. Well, did Peter really deny Jesus? Not really. Jesus knew in his heart he still believed in Jesus. It was out of fear. He feared for his own life. We all have fear. So let's not hold that against Peter. Jesus knew that he loved him. But I think it was just a it was just a time for Peter to really think about. Well, do I love Jesus? If you stood with Jesus right now and you say to him, "Jesus, I love you," well, how how would he? I mean, how would he know? Does does, does he know that he loves you because you tell him? Do you tell Jesus you love him? Does he know that you love him? Or, or how does he know? How would you? How would Jesus know that you love him? And I think that's by the things that we do. If you love someone, you show them how you love them. It's good to tell people you love them. It's encouraging. People know that you love them by how you act towards them, what you do for them, how patient or kind or forgiving. Love God. Put on love. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Peace. There's no peace in the world. You know, the people that want peace, they want pacifism. They they want to put down arms and let evil rule over this world. But that's not the peace God's talking about. There is a peace in our heart. That's peace with God, uh, peace uh, in our hearts that, that, that builds a relationship with God. Let peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace. We're called to be and be thankful. Give thanks to God. God does so much for us, I, I, even in this world where there's so much heartache, and discouragement, uh, there are so many blessings that God is there and he is with us and he is blessing us. Uh, be at peace with God. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Again, wisdom, uh, I, I think wisdom is clearly a gift from God. When Solomon could have had anything from God, what did he desire? Wisdom. Wisdom. God gave him wisdom. There's so many people that have intellectual knowledge who say the dumbest things I've ever heard. They're literally stupid. But intellectual knowledge is worthless unless you put on Christ and have God's wisdom. You hear people that have wisdom, they could be totally unschooled, never never read a book, but wisdom is a gift from God, and that's the ability uh, to take information and make sound judgment on it. Uh, So ask for wisdom if you need help. Uh, because God will also give that to you. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. That's what we do here during worship. Singing songs isn't just to entertain us and to feel good. There's something about music that really gets down into your soul. It really moves your emotions. And, and, and we sing worship here so that our hearts can, can start thinking about God and we start looking up to heaven and worshiping Him and praising Him uh, God is alive. God is active. Uh, He wants to be part of our life. He wants to be in our hearts. Uh, Verse 17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Again, uh, God deserves uh, uh, so much thanks uh, for what uh, he has done uh, for us on the cross, but he's not... He's not, he didn't do it so that we'd all just say, oh, thank you, that was really great, I appreciate it. Uh, God wants, as I said in the beginning, more than anything, a personal relationship with you. He loves you. He wants to be part of your life. He wants you to talk to him, to pray with him, to read his word and to study. Uh, just looking quickly into uh, verse uh, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful. Talk to God in prayer. It seems like when we need something, God, please, I need this. Give, me, give it to me now. Thank you. That is not praying. God wants us to... God, to, I don't believe God has a problem with us asking for... You need a car. You don't have a car. Ask God to pray for a car. You need a place to live. You need food, clothing. I mean, we can ask God for things. But imagine if that's all he ever hears from you. Talk to God. Say, hello, how are you? I'm doing fine. Talk with God. Have a relationship with him. Devote yourselves to prayer. And also, uh, moving down to verse 5, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. There are many people that have yet to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's scary, you know. We're afraid at work. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to get fired. Or the strange neighbors across the street with the barking dogs. I mean, sometimes there's situations that that scare us. And and that's a real human thing. But pray and ask for God for help. Ask for opportunities. And you'd be surprised. Uh, God will provide an opportunity because God wants you to tell tell others about Christ. Uh, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most uh, of every opportunity. Uh, So again, I just want to sum up Uh, What we said here this morning, um, that God loves you. Uh, If you're here and you don't know Christ, uh, know Christ. It's easy. It was hard for Jesus. He went through a lot. It was hard for him. It's easy for us. The hard part is humbling ourselves and recognizing the sin in our hearts. But it's easy if you recognize that sin and say, Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. And I'm sorry for the sin in my heart. Forgive me that's, Jesus looks at our hearts. You know, it isn't, the, it isn't the right phrase. It isn't the right words. It isn't the abundance of words. It's, what, it's what's in your heart. He knows what's in your heart. Come to Jesus. Have a relationship with him uh, because he loves you and he gave his life for you. And I just want to close uh, with uh, Colossians uh, 3.18 where it says, wives, submit to your husbands. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I, I need, nothing Need more to be said from that. Uh, let's just pray. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you for the word of God, and it is true and powerful, and I would encourage myself and others just to open your word, uh, to be devoted to prayer, just to give you the glory and honor you deserve so that we, when we end up with you in glory, that we actually have a relationship that we can bring with us and present to you there. Father, we love you. We praise you, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name.